Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. As you may have heard in the news, last night, Nick Cordero woke up, came out of his unconsciousness, came out of his coma, and joining us to talk about this is his mother, Leslie. Leslie, glad you could join us today for this. This is this is a great part of the story. Thank you for being here. You're welcome, Scott. Uh, there was, I mean, as I say, it, it's it's great that this is a... Uh, an uplifting song and a good feeling today. Fair to say that there was a good chance that this might have not turned out as well as we hoped it would. And as it has. Oh, for heaven's sakes, I think it's a miracle that Nick's alive. I mean, everything I'm reading, everything I'm hearing, he had a very, very slim chance of survival. So this is astounding. Uh, let's let's take a few minutes here and just recap this story because some people may not know. A lot of people have been following. I know that because I've been hearing from a lot of them, but uh, some people don't. Uh, he went to hospital March 31st in Los Angeles, he thought did. it was pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Pick up the story from there, what happened after All right, that. he went uh, the previous Friday. He had gone to an urgent care center in Los Angeles. They had told him he had pneumonia and sent him home with medication. When he did not get any better over the weekend in and actually his breathing became very labored, he went to emergency at Cedars-Sinai. They immediately put him on oxygen. That would be March 31st. Um, And then the next day he was taken to the ICU, still on oxygen. And April 1st, uh, they put a ventilator in. So there's only a 70%, there's only a 30% chance of surviving after that, apparently. Um, So that in itself is pretty astounding. From there, he seemed to be doing, um, you know, going through the regular stuff that you do when you have COVID-19. And they were actually talking about taking out the ventilator uh, the Easter weekend. And instead, he was hit with a secondary infection, which uh, spiked up his fever, dropped his blood pressure and stopped his heart. So they had to resuscitate him. Uh, and put him on an ECMO machine, which literally bypasses the functions of the heart and the lungs. So at this point, he's on a ventilator to breathe. He's on this ECMO um, to take over the functions of those two organs, and then he had to be put on dialysis as well. So he is totally on life support at this point. So that's um, had its ups and downs. Uh, An ECMO machine uh, can cause blood clots, um, and did, as well as they're now seeing blood clots or something that you see with COVID-19 patients in extreme cases, and Nick seems to be extreme. So after several surgeries to try and relieve the blood clots and to increase circulation in his right leg, they finally had to take the leg off just above the knee. So that might have been around, I don't know, the 18th, I think, of April, since then, he's uh, discovered to have another uh, two infections, actually. It looks like another ammonia and a fungal infection in his lungs. And his lungs are very badly damaged. It's like they he was smoking for 50 years, and Nick is a non-smoker. So um, that they will hide infections inside those holes in his lungs and, and potentially abscesses, etc. So they're constantly sweeping out his lungs. So that's, you know, he's also had a uh, pacemaker put in, a temporary pacemaker has been put in as well. So I could go on and on and I don't even understand all the medical terms. So it has been an ordeal to say the least. 
and it seems as though uh, there were moments along the way when things sounded somewhat positive, uh, but you've just listed off a, a litany, I mean, a, a medical school student's guide to dealing with this, I suppose, of everything that could possibly go wrong. It seems that anytime something good happened for the last six weeks, there was always something just looming around the corner waiting to go badly. Yes, the next shoe would drop. We had the uh, we had this wonderful ICU nurse speak to my myself and my other two children, um, and she said, "In ICU, it's two steps forward and one step back. You can you have to focus on the next twelve hours." So that really helped us. But we came to understand that if we got anything that sounded positive, we were going to get hit quickly, and that has been the case. There, um, there have been a lot of, uh, well, certainly there's been, and we'll talk about it in a second, the, the outpouring and the interest around the world for this. I mean, he may have gone to Westdale and grown up at Westdale High School and all those, but I mean, this is now a world story. Um, but there's been a lot of comments on social media before we get into the really good stuff, suggesting a couple things. One, that this isn't really COVID because these things don't sound like it's the response, the, the, the results of COVID. And two, that he had some sort of underlying conditions, health issues going into this that led to all this. Either of those true? No. He was tested positive for COVID. And the more and more I'm reading, yes, it does very sound very much like COVID, what they're experiencing in extreme cases. Um, and he had no underlying um, health issues. Period. So no diabetes, no heart issues, no, no asthma, no. nothing like that. Nothing. Um, well, okay. And, and that's good that you clarify that. Cause again, that, that seems to be a recurring theme. People don't want to believe that a healthy 41 year old could end up like this. I know you feel vulnerable. I, I get that. I know. The, um, the, the great part of this story and, and somehow in the midst of all this, there is a pretty remarkable part of this story is, as I mentioned a moment ago, the, public, I, I, I mean, outpouring is not too big a, a statement, I don't think. I mean, it's been a public outpouring. Um, every day, hundreds of people, probably thousands of people play that song we came in with and dance to it at six o'clock. Stevie Van Zant, the guitarist from Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, played it every night on his Sirius Satellite Station. Broadway casts have played that song and other songs mm-hmm. and put it on Zoom. And um, a GoFundMe page has raised over $500,000. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe that all of this hasn't stunned you a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Needless to say, I mean, I live in Hamilton. Yes, it stuns me. Um, uh, Nick knows Stevie Van Zandt. He's uh, worked with him, actually, in the past. Um, and, of course, Nick's wife has uh, this huge following on Instagram, and she's been updating her, her people. And uh, so, yeah, it's been astounding. Just astounding the number, the amount of support that has come for Nick and for other COVID survivors as well. Patient zero just code rockied. And so um, there's been a huge outpour of, of um, support for him as well. So I think we're going to see more and more as, as they, the survivors are leaving the hospital. That's a phrase that you just said that a lot of people are not going to know, uh, although they'll probably hear it more. Code rocky, what is that? That means that's when a COVID-19 uh, survivor leaves the hospital. So that's what our big thing is. We, we need to get a code Rocky. Uh, patient zero um, just had his code Rocky, and he was the first patient to be admitted to uh, a California hospital, or I think it's Los Angeles hospital, um, and he just 
after 64 days, he's just been released. So. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Let me go back to that thing about the outpouring for a moment again. And some people mm-hmm. listening are, are going to say, really? I, I, I didn't know about this. And and I think one of the interesting parts, there's, I don't know how many Hamiltonians go down to Broadway productions every year. I can't imagine the number is huge. And so I'm wondering, do, do you think a lot of people around here outside the theater community knew Nick before this? Or has this been the thing, weirdly enough, that has introduced a lot of people in this city to him? I don't really know. I mean, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and some of them say, I saw him doing Rock of Ages in Detroit all those years ago, Mm. or I've been down to Broadway and I've seen him. So I've heard a lot of that. I mean, he did a lot of community theater, Hamilton Theater Inc. He um, he did shows for Lou Sampronia and Theater Aquarius, and he also did lots of lots of work with David Daler uh, growing up. So he certainly um, knew a lot of people in theater in Hamilton, absolutely. And I am sure there are other. And of course, you know, both his father and I taught high school, so you know, people that we know and former students of ours are all aware of Nick for sure. Hamilton is a very big, a very small, big city. Yes, it is. Everybody knows everybody in Hamilton. Or knows someone who knows someone. Yes. And and even if you don't, I really do believe, and and again, nobody wanted you or him or Amanda or anyone to go through this, but the the sheer number of twists and turns and ups and downs and everything Mm -hmm. else, um, I I, I don't want to, I mean, this sounds so cheap and I, I don't mean that but it's been a soap opera for real and and oh, yeah. I think there's been an awful lot of people who have followed it and become emotionally invested just because now you've got this underdog to root for yes absolutely I believe that um and every mother out there is you know his heart is broken you know just thinking about what if it was one of my children or that kind of thing I've had so much food arrive at my door and people just standing there in tears because, you know, it's very hard not to personalize that, you know, what if it was mine? So, um, yeah, people are have you driven there. Have Sorry? you driven by Westdale High School? There's a sign up right on, on the school sign that says, wake up, Nick, seen with it, the but hashtag. I've had a photograph sent to me, yes, and I've sent it down to LA. <laughs> so, Amanda has seen it for sure. Okay, so we for six weeks you're going through this, and mm-hmm. every day is an adventure. And again, I don't mm-hmm. think that's an overstatement. Um, no. And yesterday you come home, and there is a phone call waiting for you. Um, tell me about that phone call because th- this is where the story actually gets really good. Well, actually, um, I was I was out. Uh, I don't know what I was doing, dropping my car off, I think. And I got back, and my daughter-in-law Amanda Clutes uh, from Los Angeles had texted me and said, um, I have posted, we have a, a WhatsApp group that a bunch of us are on, all her family, all of our family and close, close friends. And she said, I have posted a recording of the latest doctor's um, call. Listen to it. So I got in the house and I went on the WhatsApp and I listened to the recording and it was really wonderful. It really was great. It's the best news we've heard. And yes, He's woken up. I had suspicions that we thought he was I, as of Mother Mother's Day. We thought so, but not until the doctor says you can't, you know, you can't assume anything until you've heard it from the doctor. But the rest of the call was all about steps moving forward. 
not what was going wrong and what still had to be fixed, but steps moving forward and talking about what the future could look like. So that in itself was pretty exciting as well. You listened to this call, though, a few times, I understand, just to make sure that you had heard correctly. I mean, with what you've been through, you want to make sure you've actually understood that you've heard this right. Yes. And I mean, it's difficult to hear the doctor. It's being recorded. Uh, So you really wanted to to make sure that you'd heard it correctly. Absolutely. And then, of course, I had to talk to my daughter and my my other son, and we all had to discuss it at length and confirm. (laughs) The... um... I, I'm not going to ask how you feel, uh, but <laughs> but when but but when you've been through what you've been through, is it a sense of excitement when you hear that he's awake, or relief, or cautious optimism, or thankfulness, or 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 can you put a a title on what the sense is that when you've been through all this, what it, what what goes through your mind? Well, I have tried to be positive and optimistic through the entire thing because it really was not something I could even imagine, a world without Nick in it. Um, but And I bet there was always that, you know, even if he does survive, what if he doesn't wake up in the back of your head? Um, so it was tremendous relief, absolutely, and excitement. Um, you don't realize how you're reacting until you get some really good news and it seems like you can breathe again and you can function again and, and maybe get something done in a day. I mean, I think we've been living in a state of paralysis for the last six weeks. Uh, so. He hasn't talked yet. No, he's too weak. Oh my God. Okay. He's so weak. He can't even shut his own mouth. He's so weak. So Has... opening and shutting his eyes is, is huge for him. And so I would assume then that he also, um, and this is a tricky part. He's not been told about his leg yet. Oh no. He's the only one in the world. It seems who doesn't know. No. Which is, which is, I mean, you're, it's you're delighted time. that he's alive, mm-hmm. but it's, I'm you know, it's finding out at the same time. <laughs> how, well, how do you, th- I mean, uh, you don't know how he's going to respond, but uh, his attitude generally, is he someone who's pretty easygoing that would say, well, I'll deal with this because I'm here, or is this going to be crushing to him? I think initially it'll be crushing, but Nick is resilient. Um, and he's probably one of the bravest people I know. When I think about his life and what he's done, like just so outside the box in terms of his career and the risks he's taken, um, I think it'll be crushing initially. I, I think he won't even be able to wrap his head around it originally. But I think that he will come to accept it. And I think he will eventually, you know, it, it will become part of who he is. It's his next teacher moving forward, that's for sure. Well, but it's he will uh, come out on top of that for sure, and it is a great news story. I mean, it's a great story that this is where things are now because, as you said right off the top, the alternative uh, was horrendous, and this is uh, this is a much better. I was going to say a better ending. It's not really a better ending. There's still a yeah. lot to go, and a yeah. lot more of this story to be told. Which I hope one day he will when he comes back home and uh, stops in the studio and can tell it himself. Um, just before I let you I go, don't Leslie, think one of the members any of it's gone. Well, maybe not. It'll be a short. It'll be a short story. Yeah. Um, one other thing, and as I let you go, that I thought was really beautiful about this, um, yesterday was a special day for Nick for a whole other reason, too. Yes, yesterday was his uh, father who passed away um, the four years this summer. It was his birthday. So, and his son, and Nick's son is named, his middle name is named after his father, yeah, so they were close. So there's a... It is, uh, it is such great news that this is what we're talking about today and not the alternative. And uh, Leslie Cordero, really appreciate you taking some minutes to join us today. Thanks for doing this. You're welcome.
The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.